Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is The Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Go to my webpage, RoyGreenShow.com. Uh, check in with the podcast. In fact, uh, sign up for the podcast. And uh, you can listen back to any segment that we air, including the one that we just heard with uh, Michelle Rempel. Now, Haiti today is a country in chaos. There's tremendous civil chaos. In fact, the Canadian government has advised people not to go to Haiti unless they have to, or at least to be cautious, if their chosen destination is Haiti. Widlene Earl, that's W-I-D-L-E-N-E, Widlene Earl, is a 12-year-old Haitian girl left orphaned by the massive earthquake of a number of years ago. Her mother died after fleeing to the Dominican Republic and sustaining herself and her child by picking through a garbage dump on a daily basis. When Whitleen's mother uh, had great difficulty taking care of Whitleen and herself, and I don't know if there were other children involved, we're about to find out, Vaden Earl and his wife, they're Canadians, they were down there, they were working there, relief efforts, they adopted Whitleen, and for the past 10 years, This Canadian family has been attempting to obtain Canadian government permission to bring Whitleen to Canada. At present, as I understand it, she's in the Dominican Republic, and she faces possible expulsion to Haiti because of new Dominican regulations. There's been a lot said about children at the border. Well, new Dominican regulations, as I understand from Mr. Earle, means that she could be picked up by Dominican police or military, and taken back to Haiti. Meanwhile, she has Canadian parents, and neither the Harper government, which had opportunity, and I believe Mr. Kenny was directly involved, we're going to hear this, nor the Trudeau government, where Mr. Trudeau is currently supposedly involved, but has done nothing to help the family. This 12-year-old child is in limbo, And if she's sent back to Haiti, again, it's a country in civil chaos. Vaden Earl joins me on the Roy Green Show. He's, uh, again, Canadian, uh, Whitleen's adoptive father, and his troubles and struggles with both the conservative and liberal governments to bring Whitleen to Canada are are really disturbing. Now, we spoke about uh, a—was it 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 last year, Vaden? Our one-year anniversary was last week, Roy. Was it one year last week, yeah. And I remember people being so shocked at what you shared with us, at what the situation was, and why Woodleen couldn't join you in Canada. Where is she now? Is she in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, right now she's in DR, and she's uh, 
her mother is there right now, and uh, she's in the can, safely behind walls of the compound. Okay. But if she were to leave the compound, what could happen to her? Well, uh, since 2014, 2015, the new laws have put all Haitians on a deportation order. So they're doing random sweeps. Now, some days we can go out and we can move around and it's okay. We've got a pretty good system where people... When they see sweeps happening, they kind of text each other and let each other know, and there's online message boards and stuff. But ultimately, when a sweep happens, any Haitian that's in that sweep, they're picked up. They're not picked up because they're not necessarily allowed in the country. They're picked up because their skin is too dark. They're thrown in the back of a bus that's been retrofitted with cages, and they're violently taken and dumped at the border. And they're taking children as well as adults. And half the people they're taking are actually in the country legally, they don't check for paperwork. They see them on the side of the road. They throw them in the back, and that's that. How did the story begin? How did Whitlean come into your life? We were, uh, he met, as you said in the intro, great intro, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, we were doing humanitarian work, both in Dominican Republic and in Haiti. And uh, we, we did a project near Porta Plata in DR. We focused on a group of Haitian refugees that were living and working in a garbage dump just outside the city and they that's what they had they they were recycling plastic for a couple of pesos a day and they were scavenging for leftover food from you know the all-inclusives where the buffet you know filled you too much and you left some on your plate well that's going to feed a haitian family tomorrow so that's what we were doing and we would take a, a group of canadian teenagers into that garbage dump <clears throat> and work alongside those Haitians and help them recycle and hopefully give them enough income for the day that they could maybe improve their standard of life for a week or so. And during that time, this lady stood out to us. Uh, the first time we met her, she was pregnant. And then shortly after, of course, she had an infant on her shoulder. And that was with Lean. And her mom was there, um, little, little baby on one arm and a garbage bag in the other arm looking for recyclables and leftover pancakes and whatnot. And so you see this, 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 this baby, you see what's going on, you know mm -hmm. what, what you're involved in. What happens that brings Whitleen directly into your lives? Well, we, you know, I, I mean, we were in the middle of doing a lot of work in six or seven different countries. At the time, we had a large charity that was only growing, mm -hmm. and we saw thousands of Whitleens everywhere. Mm -hmm. But... Um, and we, we didn't, we weren't really looking to go and adopt a child, but we got to know Mary Therese, which was her, her late mother. We got to know her quite well and understand her story. And three, four times a week, we would see this lady and this little girl. I started just taking Woodleen um, when we'd take our teens out to the garbage dump. Mary Therese would be there with her, and I'd say, hey, let me hold your daughter. I'll put her in the shade, and uh, you can go ahead and work and be more productive. So... <clears throat> That's what I was doing, and I got I really bonded with this kid. So we decided, you know, we'd help the family. So we, I mean, again, she wasn't going to be adopted. She had a living mother. And then a few months later, Wileen had grown a bit. She was a couple of years old, just about three, I guess. And um, we got the news that one of our teams went to the garbage dump. We weren't there at the time, and they couldn't find Wileen or Mary Therese. And it just it seemed shocking because Wileen had become the, the mascot for our our crew, right? They just knew this little girl was going to be there. Mm -hmm. And when we found that she wasn't there, 
we had a group go and do a little search and try and find out what was going on. So we, we located Widling's grandmother, who lived not far away, and she let us know that Mary Therese had passed away, and um, Widling was now orphaned. So she had sent Widling, I mean, just for lack of any any finances or any ability to feed another mouth, she had sent Widling back to Haiti with another family member. Um, so by now, Widling is nearly four years old. And she's back in Haiti with a family, a great aunt or something like that. And what happens in Haiti, and it's actually very common, it's, it's terribly sad, but it's common, and it's called the Restivac system, where children of poor families often get sold to less poor families. I can't call them wealthy families, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, less poor families. And they do the chores, and they clean the car, and wash the dishes, and it's slavery. But it's, it's slavery where the kid actually gets fed and... And it's just what they do, and it's terrible, but it happens. So this was Woodling's fate. And we spoke to the grandmother. Uh, she knew us well. I mean, we were familiar faces. So we just said, listen, if we can work out a way to adopt her and bring her to Canada, are you okay with that? Would you sign guardianship over to us? Uh, she said, absolutely. So my next meeting with, was with my local MP just down the road from, from Hamilton there and with Jason Kenny, and we started a process to adopt her and that's kind of how the ball got rolling okay so now why didn't that work oh man why didn't that work um a lot happened that was 2009 and i believe that uh rmp david sweet and i, I want to think that jason kenny as well i think their motives at the time were right to try and help us get her to canada uh and and kenny's office said you know you're going to expect to spend five or ten grand in legal, and you're going to be eight to twelve weeks and she'll be in Canada. Of course, this is, and I'll admit this, this was getting favors because we knew these guys. I was fairly involved politically. Um, I knew a lot of the conservative guys, so they were going to help us out and, you know, move things a little quicker than normal. Right, but who's going to argue about a four-year-old child who's been adopted by a Canadian family coming home? Right. I mean, it's not like she's a security risk or anything. I mean, no, I mean. Um, so they, everybody was kind of on board, and then the earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just gotten to the finish line. December 15th, I was in Haiti, and I signed final paperwork for the Haitian adoption order. And, and they said, give it a month or two, and, and that, that paperwork will be sent to the province of Ontario and sent to CIC in Canada, and, and we'd be good to go. So we came back to Canada. Um, Woodleen was safe with her grandmother. Now, we had already gotten her from Haiti and brought her back to Dominican to live with her grandmother we were taking care of everybody at the time and came back to Canada, and I made a decision that by the end of January, we were going to be going down and, and moving with Lean to Canada. I mean, we painted the bedroom in the house. We sent all of our stuff that was stored in Dominican Republic back to Canada. This was a move. This was happening. She's your daughter. Yeah, of course. And um, the earthquake happened. And our caseworker was killed in the earthquake. Um, all the paperwork was lost. And it's not like it sounds – it really sounds – arcane for us to think that something that big can be lost in an earthquake because we think in terms of technology and everything's backed up a thousand times on some cloud somewhere. It's not that way in in a lot of developing countries. Uh, You know, uh, an adoption order is written in a book (laughs) with a pen, and that's where it sits until it gets mailed to Canada. And that's where it sat, and it was buried. So we we were really in in a bad situation. And then we went back to our our government contacts and the people that had our back really didn't have it after that because it wasn't 
it wasn't politically easy for them to help us like it would have been months before. And uh, we just, we realized that this is going to be an uphill battle. So they told us to go through a traditional Ontario adoption process. Uh, we would do that and then back through and start a traditional Haitian adoption process. We're talking years of process. So we did it. So the promotional value for them wasn't there, so they weren't helping you anymore. I'm glad you said, you said that. Um, That's what it sounds like. It's you know it, it's actually pretty terrifying. Uh, Jason Jason Kenny was involved on a pretty high level, and um, because Woodlean had been moved from a terrible I mean when I say terrible situation, the houses that these people live in, if you put your dog and in, in a house like that in Canada, somebody would call the SPCA and report you. Mm-hmm. And these are these are children. Yeah. So. We moved her over to Dominican Republic. She's getting, you know, four or five meals a day. She's got an iPad. You know, she's got a teddy bear, whatever. We took care of her. She's our daughter. Mm-hmm. And we gave her the life that we felt that we could and that she deserved. And when, when the staff, the, the, I say IRCC, but then it was called CIC, but the Immigration Canada staff uh, were looking at our, we had to do a new kind of application process and stuff. And it was all based on humanitarian and compassionate grounds. That's yeah, Vaden, I, I need to take a quick break. The whole idea here is, I mean, it's, it's reprehensible. It's, it's absolutely deplorable to hear you explaining all the hoops you had to jump through and all of the I's you had to dot and all the T's you had to cross or, uh, just, to get, just to get your daughter, who's Canadian, adopted by you and your wife, to get her into this country. And, and, it, and I know it cost you a, a great deal of money. And there were there were people that you were dealing with who, uh, you know, were making sure it cost you a great deal of money. Yeah. Um, so I have to take a quick break. When we come back, I I, I know people want to know why is Woodley not here now because there's a new government, and I know that you've been in contact with them, and I know Prime Minister Trudeau has talked about this. In fact, he spoke with the Canadian Olympian about Woodley. So we're we're going to come back and we'll. We'll clear, sort of try to get to where we are today and then tell our listeners how they can get involved and, 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 and try to help on this. Vaden Earl, we'll come back with Vaden and talk more about Widleen. She's 12 now. She wants to be, she wants to be home in Canada. And, you know, we, we, we allow the ISIS members to come back and not be troubled we're not letting a 12-year-old girl who's gone through a terrible situation, horrible situation, and now is the adopted daughter of Canadians. We're not, we're not, we're not going to let her into the country. We'll come right back. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is the Roy Green Show. So the uh, the immigration minister of Canada uh, has uh, has uh, put aside fifty million dollars to to uh, build accommodations for people who enter the country illegally. Twelve um, year old child who's adopted by Canadians, she's not allowed into Canada, and Mr. Huston's doing nothing. Justin Trudeau is doing nothing. Uh, even though they have had the opportunity and they know what's going on. We have four minutes, 
debate, and I wish we had a lot more, and it's not the last time we're going to talk. Why is why is this government, what's happened with this government? Why is she not here? Um, and that's the million-dollar question, Roy. I don't know. Um, I've met with Trudeau now three times face-to-face, and he went from, he literally went from last August, he was, he, he shook my hand in Hamilton, and he said, we're going to get this done. As long as you guys fill out the right paperwork, we're going to get this done. And he went on a tour, and every single place he went, I got phone calls from his Secret Service saying, how the heck do you guys get to where we're going to be before we get there? He saw Bring Relief Home Signs where he was autographing them. And he went from that to Canada, right here in Leamington, Ontario, looked me in the face and said, yeah, it's complicated. I'm like, wow, it's complicated. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the issue is. I mean, I knew that when I, I went to the media and I started pushing them hard that they were going to get their backs up. I knew that. Um, I didn't think that they would risk the life of an innocent child because their pride was a little bit hurt. I didn't think that they were that horrible, but I guess I might have been wrong about that. So he looked you in the, in the, in the eye and he said, we're going to make this happen. Yeah, got it on camera. And that was how many years ago? It was August last year, not even a year ago. Okay, so he's the Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah, if he, he can't can, do it, who can, right? He just has to sign a piece of paper. Literally, a TRP, which is what we've applied for, yep. is fully discretionary. That's right. He All he has to do is sign it. Sign it. And she's sign here. It. And I've had 50 immigration lawyers and two federal court judges, Amnesty International and the Canadian Center for Statelessness and the UNHCR all tell me, this is ready to be approved. There is nothing missing. This is ready for approval. And she's not here. She's not here. And I've been arrested in Dominican Republic. I've had the crap kicked out of me by military police for protecting her. This is what, and we have an open file um, from Global Affairs Canada, because when you're traveling abroad and, and something violent happens to you, they open a file. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a file number, and that was that. <laughs> Vaden, where can, where, where can listeners go online to get engaged? Do you still have the petition underway? Yeah, so uh, we have a website where we try and keep up to date as much as possible. That's bringwidleanhome.com. Okay. And on there, there's a link to the petition. But if you go to change.org, type in Widlean's name, you can also get to the petition. But it's, it's linked right off the website as well. Bringwidleanhome.org. Dot com. Dot com. I'm sorry, dot com. Yeah. Bring yeah. Whittleen home dot com. And Whittleen is W-I-D-L-E-N-E. You I got will, it. I will post that. Um, you and I have to talk some more, so I'll be in touch with you uh, early in the new week, and we'll continue this conversation. Now let's do that, right? Yeah, let's do it, Baden. Let's get, let's get Whittleen home. we got to do it. All the best, my friend. All right. Thank you, Roy. Baden Earl, uh, Whittleen's Canadian dad. BringWidleenHome.com. Do you have five minutes? BringWidleenHome.com. W-I-D-L-E-N-E. Add your voice.